everybody. Welcome back to this episode of From the Suggestion Box, navigating feedback, the good, the bad, and the say what? Today, my guest is Colleen LaCosta, and I, she is a dear, dear friend who I had the privilege of meeting at a training for volunteer managers um, for the volunteer, uh, the volunteer generation fund. And if you are in Florida, apply for it like today. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal grant. And it really helped me to network with amazing people like Colleen. I am so grateful to them for that. And it has just been it's changed my, it's literally changed my volunteer manager professional life. So anyway, it's not about me. This is about Colleen. Um, She began her career in victim advocacy 25 years ago while working for the state attorney's office. That experience put her on the path of transition where she began seeking justice for child victims. A fire was ignited underneath her and that flame morphed into a lifetime of determined vocal advocacy for our most vulnerable. In all that she does, Colleen aims to break the cycle of abuse and neglect in our community. As the executive director for Speak Up for Kids of Palm Beach County, she works diligently to support um, local guardian ad litem child advocacy volunteers in the quest to herald the child's best interest. Embracing Ralph Waldo Emerson's quote, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. I love that. She takes on each day with devotion and intensity, leading by example and lighting the path for others who passionately defend the defenseless. Ultimately, her heart's desire is to improve the life of each young victim of maltreatment, see pain replaced by kindness, sadness overcome by happiness, and silence eradicated by voices united to speak up. Colleen, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Look at you. Your enthusiasm is always contagious. (laughs) Well, I just, I, I, you know, I thrive off of amazing, amazing people. And you are literally one of those. So let me ask you this before we dive into the whole feedback part. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your journey into managing volunteers. Like how did you, how did you come into managing volunteers and working with volunteers? Okay. Well, you heard a little bit about my history. So, you know, I think volunteer management goes hand in hand with nonprofit leadership roles. Absolutely. I've worked in this, yeah. And I've worked in the industry for over two decades, which is just crazy how fast that went by, but I've had various roles and with, without exception, I've had the privilege of working with people um, whose passion is fueled by not fueled by pay, they're fueled by, you know, their, what their interest is. And it's amazing. They, they want to do good. So right. Um, right. And we, we live and die by being able to fully execute their mission. And, and typically that mission cannot be realized without dedicated volunteers, you know? So, and, and with budgets and everything else, it's, it's just keeping that passion and mission. So it's just a natural, it's just a natural extension of what, what we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I heard somebody say that we are in it for the, uh, no, let me put it this way. I heard somebody say, we are not in it for the income. We're in it for the outcome. 
Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. So you've been in nonprofit leadership, you're doing your thing. So I am sure people have always had to have some type of feedback for you. So now let's dive in. Let's talk about, you know, I love any of it, the good, the bad. I love to say what, because those are the ones that you're just like, oh my gosh, those are the ones that make you have to learn how to not throw the baby out with the bathwater, the stuff that just shocks you. But, um, they're usually the ones that give you the most growth, but I'm, you know, I'm biased to those. You don't have to give me a say what type of situation. We're look, we're talking about all of it, right? I know like my, one of my first say what moments was reading survey results that volunteers had filled out. Um, <laughs> but this is really just to help people learn and grow from it. So talk to us, tell us a little bit about something you got for us. All right. Well, I do have to say what, but I'll wait because I, I, I'll okay. get to that one in a minute. But um, um, so you, it's it's really simple. One of the one of the best pieces of feedback I really get is that simple thank you, you mm. know, and especially when it's from the kids whose life been you know touched some way by the abuse or neglect, and they just appreciate the littlest things. That impact might seem so minuscule to me, but the heartfelt thanks, you know, it, it just goes deep. So that simple thank you is my my favorite bit of feedback. Don't yeah. do it for the thanks, but when it comes, it's like, what? Yeah, you know, yes. it, it yes. just goes yes. right to the heart. Yeah. So that, that keeps, you know, that keeps that passion going. So that's, I do, I, I really believe that that's like the best, the best feedback is always that nice comment. Now, along the way, there's been plenty, um, you know, from the beneficial to, to the worst piece of feedback is to say what? You want to say what? Oh, let's say what? Yes. <laughs> Sticks out of my mind. So this is easy to come up with a say what. So I was working as a waitress. I was nine months pregnant. Okay. So, wow, okay. Okay. you know, here, I was really doing my best to cater to all the tables and these. I thought I was doing a really good job too. So one couple left and on the receipt, they wrote, lose some weight as the tip. <laughs> it's like, say what? I'm like, I was, but you know, yeah. Horrific feedback, but the beauty of that reminds we see things from only, you know, one, our perspective, and sometimes that perspective is not based in facts. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe if they knew I was pregnant, I wouldn't have got that tip, but they did leave some cash, but still I was like, what? And I tell, and I've told everybody for the year, all the years, all, all 20 years of that feedback, because it, you know, it really does make me laugh, but I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Well, no, but I love though what you, what you just said, it, that was such a teachable moment of helping you to put yourself in the position of, it's not always what you see and basing and, you know, giving information based off of fact, as opposed to assumption. That is huge, especially for everything that we're doing, especially what we're doing in nonprofit, and um, because a lot of us serve communities, and that is such a good thing to keep in mind when we are serving whoever that is. It's one of the things that when um, 
at the theater, you know, we have, it's something that we talk about all the time because we have guests that come in and people make this assumption that because we're at a theater, that everybody has money and they're coming in and they're expected, um, expected to look a certain way. And then we see people who walk in through the theater and it's just like, hmm. And the stories that we have received because our volunteers were so gracious coming to find out all the backstories between something that just didn't look like it was supposed to, like it just didn't look the part, man, that is, that's huge. That's huge. What you just said, it, like it's, it's small, but huge at the same time. Yeah. And, and unforgettable. <laughs> yeah. And unfor I mean, unforgettable. So let me ask you this being in the different roles that you have had, what has been the worst piece of feedback that you've given or maybe delivered in the worst way and what did you learn from it so so <laughs> exactly well it, it kind of is because I was like I, I was busy thinking of things that you could be asking and I was asking my son I said what's the worst piece of feedback I ever gave or worst worst advice I ever gave you and he said well um everything <laughs> Leave it to the kids. Leave it to the kids. Uh oh, sorry for the dog. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but I don't. I don't get too much on the worst. The worst feedback. But I did do something though. Uh, it. I gave some bad, but it was inadvertent feedback. When I was um, misinterpret, I misinterpreted somebody's communications and actions for a lack of interest in what they were doing. And um, in order to be more efficient with time, I was like, well, let me take that away and you know, you can work on this. Well, come to find out later in communicating, it really broke that person's heart that I took that away. And, you know, and we learned for, and we were able to fully communicate everything and have an understanding about that. But I just assumed. So with my assuming and, and you know, so that, that was, that was not, not good. So how did you come to that conclusion? Like, was the person like acting differently and then you asked them about it? Like, how did you find it? How did you get to the, find that out? Well, you know, it took a little while to find that out, but I found out in a Zoom call when she actually mentioned it to somebody else, well, careful, she'll just take it away from you. And I was like, uh-oh, I think I might have to have a, I might have to, you know, work on that. And we had a conversation, so I knew that it didn't go over very well. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, and that's, oh, and that's just, oh my gosh, this is just so good because it's so true. And that is why we have to be so aware of what we are doing and why we are doing it. And it's something that I talk about a lot, just being um, how we treat our volunteers speaks volumes and communicating with them is so important because so many times, especially if they are unhappy the, the beauty about volunteering is that they can vote with their feet. And if they don't like it, they can just leave and never say anything to you. Right. We'll never, ever know or find out. So um, the fact that at least good thing she didn't walk away. I mean, she got it out there. <laughs> Maybe not the best way, but <laughs> at least she, you know, at least, and at least she said something. And what I really liked is the fact that instead of you taking it as like, I can't believe, you know, it was more of a, a wake up call for you. It was more of a, Hey, da, 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 something's not right. As opposed to like getting on her for how she went about it. 
you know, getting past that part and getting to the root of, wait a minute, something's not right. Maybe we should have a conversation. Um, right. So, so did you, how'd you go about it? You, you picked up the phone, you called her, like, how'd that go? I did. I did. I called her and I'm like, you know, I didn't, re- you know, and I just started off. I'm like, I never realized that that. So, you know, and then she was able to say what she thought and she kind of was, she was laughing about it. I think she felt better by getting it out there. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it really did work out well. So, so we just talked about it and that's the key too. that communication is the key just for, and that's with every aspect of life. You know, that's where all the breakdowns begin a communication and understanding, not assumptions. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure how does, I'm sure that that plays a huge role in what you do with the kids. So the question that I have is, um, when you're working with the volunteers who not only just with the volunteers, but working with the kids, um, because that that's going to be a, a harder way to get feedback, for, you know, from them. I'm making the assumption um, to better to be able to better serve them. So what different ways or tactics or, or things of communication do you use, especially to communicate with younger kids? to get what you need to be able to serve them better. You know, the best, the best thing with working with the younger kids is kind of getting on their level. Now teens are a little harder to break through. You just kind of, a lot of times that comes with Starbucks, right? Exactly. Starbucks or the right song at the right time. And you know, you know that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, so something that, that breaks through little kids are really so like, just, they'll just, and girls do it more girls just chatter and tell you exactly what's up but you know what this is this is slightly personal but I had I I get the big head with this one when I play with little kids I always like to say because you know typically you're having a good time I create game I can create a game in a second you know out of whatever we're doing And, and so I'll say so how old do you think I am and I love what they come up with I love what they come up with. Because if you play with a little kid, that number's low. If you're, oh, just, over yeah. there, if you're just over there just being like, Ugh, you know, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but just getting on, you know, just being with them and you can get it, communicate very well through, through the, I guess that's why play therapy is so successful. Mm, yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's how you get the, draw them out. Now they're a little harder to keep on task when we use them as volunteers. And sometimes it seems a little more like babysitting. So you got to have a little more patience, but, but uh, um, overall, overall, they're really learning it young. It gets ingrained that giving it, I think it's in the blood. Um, okay. So when you say, when you're using them as volunteers, um, like the teens, you mean? Well, I'll even use younger. Yeah. So the tweens and up. So uh, I will, we don't babysit the kids. So a parent has to be with the younger kids, you know, if if they're there, but the teens will come. And as long as they don't cluster together, you get a lot out of them. But when they cluster together, it's a little hard to break that. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, we use the teens as well. And we have a lot of single day events. So they help a lot with the holidays or we, well, when, you know, times right now are a little, different but but yeah single day events they're really good at attending and they want that community service so much so you know I didn't tell you this we started um a program called students speak up for kids I don't know if you noticed it but that has been talk about fueling passion it is so cool 
So cool. So we formalized all those kids that want community service hours and created that program and give them all sorts of ideas on what they can do. And we kind of guide them into projects and what they've come up with is so, so incredible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They're, they're kids. Well, you know, kids to us. Um, and they are full of so many new and different things that, you know, they're like, sometimes I sit and I listen to my daughter and I'm just like, wow, like that, that just would have never have even crossed my mind. And then I'm like, I'm really getting old. <laughs> like, goodness gracious. Um, the lingo is tricky sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, can you translate that for me, please? Um, so, okay, so I'm fascinated. So, do you all, does the organization, do you all do any type of like surveying of your volunteers or surveying of the teens um, to get? Thank you. <laughs> that was so funny. Okay. Um, do you, do you all do anything to where you are? Um, I forgot my question. What was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Do you guys do any type of surveying of, like, the teens um, to get feedback on how their experience has been or what can be done better or getting new ideas? And, you know, does it differ from your older volunteers? Totally. Absolutely and totally. So the 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 kids. Let me start with the kids. So the kids do a pre and post survey with their project when they do it. When they follow the flow of how we have it set up, they can you know whatever. But the, when they do that, they enter some basic information and their project ideas, and and they they talk about how much they know about um, foster care and we see it, what they've learned. And then at the post survey, they tell us you know how many people were impacted. Um, uh, what the impact was, what they learned, as well as the same questions to, to see if they've grown with the program and, and do that. But the projects that go in there, the ideas that they have, I mean, it's, it is incredible. The feedback, um, we get a little, we got a little more feedback was based, a whole lot of it was on the web navigation. So we fixed what they said, but not too much on the program itself. Like nobody said, no, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, we guide right. them, there's people, there's volunteer, there's volunteers who volunteer to help those kids through the, through the whole thing if they need a point of contact. So that part's been good. So it's more on the website navigation. Um, but that, it, that's really good. Now the, the, um, Interestingly enough, a lot of the older volunteers are more, more, um, they don't like some of the paperwork, you know, like it's a little too, too much paper because it's, it's legal aspects. So they right. do have to turn in reports and stuff and they track their time and we use that information. Um, but the other thing is they, when they do, they don't like to waste their time in the court part if they're not going to be used. And I totally understand that. Totally. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping with Zoom that, that some of these people will be allowed to testify from where they're at and that will alleviate that. So that's my, my fingers are crossed on that. But, um, but it's more on that level, like, like that time that's, but they love the aspects of being with the kid and advocating for their best interest. Okay. 
Awesome. I, oh, I love that. And I, I love that you're getting like literally the whole spectrum from left to right of, of all those different things, because that's just what makes us grow. That's just what makes us grow. So um, let me ask you this from a supervisor's standpoint, have you ever received some type of feedback, either like on a performance evaluation or something that really was either like really spectacular and you loved how they did it, or it was just like soul crushing, but you grew like exponentially from it. Yikes. That's yikes. That is that. Let me, I've got to think about that one. So, (laughs) so, um, Oh, on an evaluation, you know, none of my evaluations stand out in my head right now. So I don't think that I ever got one that I was like, yay, look at that. Look, they understand me. They get it, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I'm sure that I was put out. Oh, you know, you know what? Not to not, this is not, well, it, it is, you know, and I think a lot of people think like this, you know how you're a little bit late sometimes, maybe sometimes a little late. I- like, like to work, you mean? Yeah, a little bit late. <laughs> so, so, but you stay late, you know, you're staying later, you're on the phone right. after hours or whatever. Well, that, for some reason, the latter part didn't ever get noticed as much as that seven minutes in the beginning. Yes. So, yes. so that I was always like, I don't understand that. I do get that you should be on time. And probably if I stopped getting espresso at a drive-thru, I would be on time, but I can't seem to gauge that timing so perfectly. So anyway, that, that, um, which was mentioned to me too. Maybe if you didn't come in with a cup all the time, you know, <laughs> Scrolling in. Oh, that's hilarious. Wet hair pretending that you've been there for hours. Oh, yeah, then why is your hair wet? (laughs) No, but that, so, you know, that's the, you know, they don't, they don't realize the uh, the other parts of that. So that was always a little bit like, I don't get that, that emphasis, but that's my own problem. You know, that's something that I just got better at. And, but I'm okay. awfully understanding about it for other people. I'm like, don't kill yourself. You know, it'll all wash out in the long run. Just be careful. Right. right. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. <laughs> ah, that is hilarious. Okay. So what is the most beneficial piece of feedback that you have ever received um, either professionally or personally? You know, that it, we didn't talk about that one, and I was actually thinking about this because, and I didn't know exactly if it would fit in somewhere in your questions, but this is perfect for it. So mine was a personal spiritual challenge, in that it deepened my relationship with God beyond what I thought was spiritually meant when I was growing up. Wow! Um, and as that connection deepened, everything in my life was personally and professionally came into focus, and I was kind of able to clear out chaos and be grateful for even the smallest things, and it was a rewarding challenge that led to me to grow and transform my thinking in a way that, you know, so that that probably was one of the, the, the transforming moments personally and professionally, and, and it was the actualization of many people's, not people saying, but but different things that were around people that would say things and it would resonate. You know, and it was, it's it's a collection of it. And, you, and, and you know, you kind of want what that is. 
you know, and then I got to want to ask questions on that, but it made me think of another one that I liked that somebody else gave me. And it was another personal one. Um, um, And it was personal and professional too. So this, this was, I, I ended up, I got, um, I'd just been diagnosed with, with stomach cancer. So I was worried about the diagnosis and the next steps, of course, and had to do what needed to be done. But I was keenly aware about, of the amount of work that I had and, and on my plate. So I was trying to figure out how to delegate it and contingency plans and to ensure no one fell through the cracks and all that. And a dear coworker and friend, so wise, she's so wise. She just approached me and said the simplest thing. She said, the work will be here when you come back. So when you think about that, I never really thought about it in a perspective, but it's, it reminded me in some that, that it gave me permission to take care of what I needed to take care of, focus on myself and my health and well, but, but it also reinforced the comment of hope that it'll be there when you, when you get back. So, so that was, you know, it, it was so simple and so, it just it, necessary so at the time. Yeah. So simple yet so profound at the same time. And because I've heard that and I have resonated with the first part that you said, like, you know, that self-care because it's huge. Yes, you absolutely because it is going to be there because you could work 16 hours straight and it will still be there when you go back the next day. But I had never heard that, like o- almost looking at it as um, in the form of hope, like it will be there when you get back. Don't worry, like as a way to en- encourage you to stop to take care of yourself because you'll, you're going to have it to go back to like, right. that. that's wow. Wow. I like that. Very, very different. I have never heard that before. I really like that. Well, thank, thank you, Carlene. Thank you. Um, okay. Hold on. Let me see. Uh 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 da da we talked about that I think we basically got through everything. Um okay so I, I have three more questions. Okay. So throughout your career, you clearly have managed many, 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 many people. Um, but have you managed like a team of people and, you know, whether it be like paid employees, whether it be volunteers, whether it be interns and you had to have difficult conversations with any of them maybe because individually or as team members, they didn't work well together. How did you, if that, if you have, if you have had to do that, how did you deliver that feedback and help to work through it? It, you know, that's a good question. And, and yes, that happens. I think that just is a natural occurrence periodically when you, when you, especially if you bring a new dynamic into a group or whatever. So yeah. the team kind of gets a little bit, uh, and, and th- there was two, there was actually, there was the most recent one was the team. There was one person that had a lot of experience and somebody that was newer and there wasn't, 
the respect for the knowledge and the historic knowledge wasn't there as well as the respect for the knowledge gained from new ideas wasn't there. So that went, went just, they had butted pretty bad. So that was, um, that we, we really spent a lot of time on that. And quite frankly, we're still working on that because every now and then it, it comes back up again. Like if there's not, if it's a very sent, they have not gotten over the sensitivity to that because you, if there's not a thank you at the right moment, it's a hurt. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, about the feet, try to keep it out of the personal realm and that feeling and, and, um, and that's where sometimes it goes back to, but just kind of bring it back together and remind to say thank, you know, and all the, all of it. So, so it, it is, it, it's, it can be tense. I can imagine. Have the two of them ever in this particular instance, have the two of them ever sat down in the same room and kind of like talked it out or for the lack of better words, like give feedback to each other about why they're feeling the way they are? No, it did that, that. Well, I said no too fast because actually they, when they were doing that kind of modified, cause they didn't really want to talk to each other alone. Um, they, the, the one, the one said some things that was making the other, I don't know if it was nervous laugh or whatever, but she was laughing and that just did not go over well at all. Yeah. So, so it kind of needs like that, that moderating. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to constantly keep, keep opening up that door on that. But I think that they're, I think they're both growing and that, you know, there's actually a, a new members of that team that have different thinking that can help bridge that together. Yes. Um, and we kind of, we, and we put some simple tools in so that some of that lack of communication or miscommunication doesn't happen, but, but it is a constant reminder that you have to kind of nurture that type of thing carefully and you have to have patience for that. I mean, both, both of them have to have the patience and yeah, everybody involved has to, because yeah. it's not just the two of them, but it's the people who they're working with at the time and like the whole gamut. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, speak up for kids. Is this like your organization? Did you create this or was it okay? Or is this like, it, and have you created your own? In the past? Cause I know you've done so much advocacy work. Um, like help me, um, like, have you ever like started and run your own and then you're working with this? Are you doing it on the side or I'm just trying to yeah. Okay. Well, there's a few, okay. A few parts of that. So speak up for kids was founded in 2008. So I was around when it founded and uh, with another agency and just have followed that. And we've always been good partners with stuff, but it was a volunteer board. So when I came on, I built the foundation for bringing in employees. Now we've got 26 employees and this is in three years. So 26. Wow. Exactly. And, and a whole lot of growth, a couple new programs and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of neat stuff. So I'm really kind of happy with the way it's going and the vision and, and all those people that are the people that I was talking about and the other people, we, we bring in all those ideas, different minds. I like different minds. I don't need a bunch of people that think like me. I already think like myself, you know, right, I right. like that. I like feedback and, and, um, hearing all the different, different ideas and, and how we can approach it different because when you reach other people by that, and then that passion is fueled and you utilize the best, just time, time is the only limit to all that. Yeah. Now I asked about, did I, um, 
together with the girl that I knew from Speak Up back then in the agency, we started this thing called Palm Beach County Unites for Children. And what that did was bring everybody, because everybody's doing the same thing. We're like, we're all doing the same thing. We're reaching out to the same people. We're doing that, you know, let's just join together. And, you know, like at that parenting event, let's just have representative rotate the time from each of the eight and represent the whole as opposed to competing against each other constantly. So we did stuff like that. And we okay. did a lot for the awareness month. Um, but that that because of turnover and different things that that needs some nurturing right at this particular minute because we don't have somebody that can lead it while we're both so busy. Um, right. So that that was a good a good um, way to look at things though. Okay. You so you touched on something that like struck a nerve. I know I said I only had like three more questions, but you said volunteer board. Yes. How was that? So, so they, they, they were incredible though. I mean, they, they, at different times, they tried different things. So they're, they're, the function was to support the guardian ad litem program. So they, they came in and they had to fundraise to make up that difference. And the founder, uh, Ken Thomas is amazing. So he did all sorts of things and, and brought in some money. Then it cut, you know, then when that change happens, you, that different tiers of motivation and the next person was very visionary, but the money stayed a little bit lower. Um, they had enough to do what they needed to do at the time, but with, with, uh, the growing support needed because all the kids, it's it, something had to change. Uh -huh. So, so that's where they started looking beyond, but they tried, they, at many times they tried different things. They had a grant committee that was really good for a while. And they, um, you know, at one point they tried to hire a grant writing company that I think gave them, gave them a lot of the tools that they needed. So they tried a lot of things, but they, um, they really did it all themselves at different times. They had, you know, a point person in there. They tried an event coordinator that did not go very well. It, 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 she was only part-time. So you know how hard that is to do part-time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, um, with all the different efforts, they had different parts of success and, but knew that they had to do something where they, they got a executive director and that's where I came in. Got it. Okay. So when you stepped in, was there any like hesitation or tension or was everybody welcoming or was everybody trying to tell you or give you feedback on, you know, well, this is how it's always been done. Well, they, you know, I thrive on that. Let me go, you know, let me, let me just go. And I could not, they are so perfect for me. They are so perfect for me. So I just tell them what's up. And you know, sometimes it seems like they might, you know, like maybe it doesn't all sink in because there's so many things up, but I, I don't know that everybody realizes it. And certainly nobody wants to read those long reports I provide them, but uh, to try to get that synopsis, you know, of what's that going kind of on. Feedback? Make sure the reports are shorter. <laughs> So I try bullet point, I try all these different versions, but you still look at it. And you're like, who wants to read that? Let's just see how much money's there. And you know, what's the next, yeah. event, you know? but, but, um, but they are so perfect for me. They're so good to me. They're so supportive. And they're like, what, do, what, what tools do you need? And, um, you know, so we've been evolving too. the focus is, you know, exact is laser laser focus I'm supposed to watch my mission creep I can tend to get a little grand with the ideas but the director of the guardian side of the program we are so in sync that we got just great I mean it's just it's fun it's exciting you can just go 
and do. And they are, they're a great board, but they did all that themselves before, before I came in and did the foundation part. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Cause um, you know, a lot of people tend to forget that um, board members are volunteers and um, they play such huge roles. And um, has there any, has there ever been like, what, what is like, just like a phenomenal or just like organization changing idea that came from a board member? Was there anything like that? Oh, they see, they're so full of strategy. One of the, okay. So Ken, Ken had and took off and got the name out there and did some great events with, so that, that was his, he, and he knew that he walked the walk. So he knew the whole thing. He just was perfect. The next president was a, a strategic, she's very strategic. So she had all these and she would listen to the input. She also was a gal. So there's just hours of volunteering. If you're hearing that there's just hours she's putting into this stuff. So she, um, she had the vision of one of our initiatives, which is supporting therapeutic court, a model court for kids, the hardest of kids crossover with delinquency and dependency. So they've been, you know, they're in a group home and they've probably changed homes a lot, had a lot of different issues, hardest kids to get permanency for. And this, this, this whole initiative brought everybody together from the team and empowered the child. So the ch child had to say, it'd be perfect if we could do this for everybody, but it's, it's quite a time consuming courtroom. The outcomes from this courtroom are incredible. The permanency that comes, the connections made, it is, it is amazing. So she had the vision for that. And then our, our, the present president has, um, uh, she's an incredible person with with a lot of communication and she too is an author and she so she liked she comes up with really fun ideas so we're doing a big uh, party called big kids for kids well that's was the original i'm sorry that was the original name but it's the gift of birthday program so it's <laughs> congress county's biggest birthday so that was her little baby she trademarked that and it's it's gonna come together in April. We've got a team of people, a bunch of volunteers working on that with us. And it's really pretty cool. That is so awesome. They all and brought different pieces. Yeah. And it makes your organization stronger because of it. Um, about how many volunteers does your organization have? Oh, and by the way, before you answer that, um, it was funny because you said that the, the current president, <laughs> you're like, um, she's a gal. But you don't mean like a female. You mean a guardian. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. She's a guard. The the previous one, yeah. So the, this president right now is not the gal though. She's she's um she actually said that she felt she could do what she's doing because she doesn't have the emotional capability of going out to the homes and and seeing the kids. So she I wanted to just communicate the message, and she's phenomenal with that. Like like I, I'm like I try to get her to, to record her all the time, and, and I break it up, and I do all sorts of. You know, I'm like ah, oh, darn it, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, but I try to, she's got, I mean, I love listening to her. She's got great quotes and she's just real. she's a, she's a great cheerleader too. Um, Yay, cheerleaders, you know, I love those. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now I forgot what the other question was. What did I just ask you? Uh, oh, the volunteers, about how many volunteers yeah. we have. Thank you. We have, we have a lot. So there's over 700 uh, volunteer child advocates. Those are the the gals, the guardian ed items. And we're not supposed you know, thank you for saying that because I'm not even supposed to be saying gals. I'm supposed to say that whole thing out. Yeah, well, because it's funny because it's like, 
Okay. Um, I, oh. So there's over 700 of the volunteer guardian ad litems. And then there is um, about, we're probably up to about 250 other volunteers now used in pieces, but to, you know, like some we know that are just, you know, for the events, some are, um, I got a little army that comes in with me. Like I'm only going in the office one day a week right now. Yeah. And I have a little army that comes in on, um, on Tuesdays with me. So they all come in. A lot of them that can come in um, and, and we, you know, maintain all the rules and all that. So they come in. Um, but there's a whole little, whole little routine. There's some that do mailings or some that do this or some that do the library. And, and that you, you know, you know, we have a 40 hour a week, really, she's like 80 volunteer and she's just amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She comes in too. And she's, she's always doing so. So she actually leads a whole team of volunteers herself too. She, and actually she takes mine. So if I have them and and I'm like, she's my boss, man, I give you whatever she wants. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So do you all have somebody who's specifically like a dedicated uh, manager of volunteers that oversees all of them we have we have many volunteer managers so so the and it's it's they're paid they're paid positions yes yes so they're they're called um the child advocate managers so they they guide them help them through the case and help them stay pointed a liaison between the attorney and them but they all work as a team and then they'll, they'll meet as a team so that they can know each other um um, I do think that 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 they're working hard on making more ways that they can interact together and do things together. Um, and we try all the different things that you can do so that so that all everybody knows everybody with them that's volunteering. You know, there's book clubs, there's all right, that. so that they can like connect and be a community. Um, yeah. Okay. So now I promise. Now I only have three more questions. So. Um, do you all serve uh, survey? Mm, let me try that again. Okay. Do you all send out like an annual survey to get feedback from your volunteers? Yes, we and we've done this a couple of ways. So there's always a survey that goes out when a case closes. So so that they can specifically answer for the what what they you know what that child needed to get everything, what was the best interest Did that advocacy happen, all that. So, but it also asks what, what can be, you know, improved or do different. And, and, and there's, there's not too much feedback on that. We do get a lot of feedback when they, um, when they're leaving though, they do, they do do an exit interview and some of them are, so some, a lot of times they move, a lot of times it has to do with that time time commitment, um, a little more than they think. And again, I, I do think that the traveling to court and that court time and all that was, a, is a huge, cause we're not losing any right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, and they're seeing the kids. So, so that, um, so we get the information that way, but we also did a survey just to see all, uh, uh, and we did it through survey monkey and got, um, a bunch of feedback from them and, you know, do, are they feeling supported from their volunteer mat? They all love, it's cool. The relationships they develop with their, their child advocate managers that they are so, they love them, you know, that, so they're doing their job of making that one-on-one contact and make, you know, the value because they are valued and um, letting them know how valuable they are. Oh, that's so great. See, that's, that's beautiful feedback, making sure that that's happening. Oh, 
That's so great. That's so, 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 so great. So great. Okay. All right. So now I have two questions because that was my one. Um, for you, professionally, personally, what is the thing that you are the most, um, the, okay. Professionally or personally, what is something, an accomplishment that you are most proud of um, or something like a huge challenge that you had to overcome that you are most proud of? You know, that's a, that's a great question. I think that evolves because I think that our challenges kind of change as you fit, you know, navigate something. And I'll have to tell you that it's kind of a boring answer on this one. But when I came in, I knew nothing about the 990 and tax side of being an executive director and all that stuff. Nothing. I'm like, do I, what, what do, am I, you know, can I sign that? What? I don't I know, you know yeah. what they did. I'm like, it was so awful. The first year took forever to do the second year, a little better this year. I had everything ready, set, go. So this, there our review and our 990 was my biggest accomplishment lately that I felt, but, but the rep, but that's, that's like something that I had to totally learn. So that, but on the fun side, the developing of that student formalizing the, the kid program and doing students speak up for kids, yeah. you know, ans answering the, the crisis and, and starting the program of foster Palm beach so we can get some more foster homes. Those are all just huge and the right people at the right time go into those positions. And it, it just keeps, it makes it exciting. It's so, it, it's so all of it. I, I just am happy with so many different things, but the people that are implementing them, you know, with this vision, uh, you know, keep, keep everything going. It's the team. It's yeah. totally the team. I love it. Oh, I love the energy and the support that you have. I love it. So let me, okay, dang it. Sorry. It just made me want to ask you another question before the final question. Okay. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people listening who are managers of volunteers, leader of volunteers, um, interns and things like that, who feel that they have a hard time getting buy-in from their executive directors for things that they want to do. As an executive director, what piece of advice can you give them that could help them if they need to either pass an idea or if they want to get better buy-in from the organization as a whole, but we all know it usually starts, it's a top-down thing type of situation. What kind of advice could you give to managers or volunteers to help them get that buy-in in their own organization? So what, so the buy-in on their idea that, you know, a lot, that's what you're asking, right? How do they get the buy-in on the idea? So, so the idea is I love ideas. Okay. But the second part to that is how, how are you implementing that? So do you have the capacity? Do you have the people that can do it? And where are the people? And then, um, the time. So if somebody came to me with the idea, I'd be like, okay, how can I do that? Back of the head, make it happen. It might not certainly be, not be in the time frame, but if they came in with the idea and the, and had a little bit of the plan of execution, absolutely. You know, I I'd be like, can we do that? And do you have the time to do it? You know, like let's, okay, let's go. I'll give you some guidelines. Here we go. You know, if, if so, I could do I'll take that all day long. Send people my way with ideas and I'll take them, especially if they got the time to implement them. But if I if I have to do them and I have to figure out that path, it's going to take a lot longer. So okay. so maybe a little bit more than that. But definitely those ideas that I those ideas are heard and they turn out to be the the a lot of things that make the difference later. 
It's just a matter of when you can get to them or when your team can get to them. Love it. Love it. Okay. All right. I'm not asking you any more questions. <laughs> no, no, I'm asking my final question. Ah, okay. So here's the book, the book of questions. So I'm going to ask you, so tell me a number one, bet uh, tell me a number between one and 3000 and I will ask you the question. And if you don't like it, we can change it because it's my show. We can do what we want. Okay. So go, what's the number? 2796. Okay, 2796. Oh, I like this one. What excuse do you tell yourself far too often? Oh, so many of them, especially right now. Um, um, oh my gosh, I don't know how honest I want to go with this one. <laughs> Man. So, uh, oh my goodness. You know, it, it comes up constantly, but it's really, it's time. So like they say, you make time for the important things, you know, and, and you have to do what you have to do. So I think that time's a valid excuse, but I think that, that shuffling around and lack of wasting some of it, thinking about, how am I going to do that? It would really be, be a little more beneficial. But that's also goes back to one of those questions you asked me earlier. And, and that's when, you know, when that, 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 that inner piece is a little messed up there, it, it, yeah. it does not, things don't kind of, they're not quite as productive. So I think that time is really, really the, the, what I'm guiltiest of abusing and using well, both. Wow. Wow. That is great. All right. So what excuse do I tell myself far too often? I like the time one. Um, How about, it doesn't really have that many calories. <laughs> yes. 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 Because. I have such a problem with like sweets. Like, and part of the problem is I like to buy them, but I don't necessarily eat them right away. There, it's it's kind of just like that. Um, what's it called? Um, the the impulse buy, just the the thrill to have been able to have bought it, and then I'll let it sit to the dismay of. of the people in the house because then they all eat it and then like three weeks later when I'm ready for it it's not there but that's a whole nother thing but I'm at the like I was at the point where I I have to have dessert every single night I have to have something for dessert I eat and then I have to have something for dessert and um so that ties into one of my other excuses is like I really don't have to work out every day I'll be okay <laughs> and then I did something the other day with my leg and I was like, what is that? What, where did this come from? This was never here before. I was seeing things that shouldn't be there. I was feeling things in places that they shouldn't be felt. I was like, oh, no. Because I was just like, you know, if I just, you know, 
eat the way I'm supposed to, I'll be fine. Well, that's great if I was really eating the way I was supposed to because I wasn't. And then, yeah, so I, um, you know, that everything that everybody's talking about that, that COVID like 15 or whatever. Yeah. So that was the excuse that I was telling myself <laughs> far too often. Um, and so now I have adjusted to make the time to go and work out. And even today, like I didn't do it today. And I was like, I'll be okay. I'll get it done. Didn't leave the house. I was like, damn it. I should have done it when I knew I had the time. And I was like, oh, I'll be. Yes. So yes, thank you for helping me answer my question. That whole, there's not really that many calories in it, which leads to, I don't really have to work out. All lies, lies, <laughs> lies. Oh my goodness. So Colleen, this has been so, so great. Um, if listeners want to reach out to you in terms of what they do, I mean, in terms of what you do, and maybe if they want to get involved in any way, I mean, I don't know if there's a virtual way to do this, but if people just want to reach out to you, ask you questions about what you do, and um, maybe, you know, whatever, how can we get in touch with you? You know, what's the best, especially now is the email. It's Colleen, C-O-L-E-E-N at speakupforkidspbc.org. Okay, so there are a lot of virtual opportunities for people if they wanted to get involved, right? Yes. Okay, yes. that's awesome. That is so great. And then, and Speak Up For Kids, are they on social media? Like, can they be found on Instagram and all of that? Yes, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, and YouTube, and the website. Okay, fabulous. And I will... Um, put all of those tags in the show notes so that when people are listening, it's there and that they can contact you whenever. So Colleen, I want to thank you again so much for being our guest and thank you all so much for tuning in for this episode of From the Suggestion Box, Navigating Feedback, The Good, The Bad, and The Say What? Yes, I love it. I love it. Not letting the good stuff go to your head and the bad stuff go to your heart. Thank you all so much. And I hope to see you next time. Bye-bye.